Well, welcome to SPUC Online Church for our first service after the Easter season. So how's everyone doing during our second weekend of lockdown here in Antalya? Most of you have probably received the free mask like the one I'm wearing when city workers distributed them earlier uh, than this week. And for those viewing outside of Turkey, perhaps you don't know that this is the second weekend of a 48-hour lockdown that we're having. And then on Mondays, life sort of returns to normal uh, here in Turkey with the typical social distancing and stay-at-home measures in place. Now, if I promise not to cough or sneeze on you, will you permit me to take this mask off here as we proceed with our message this morning? There we go. That's a little easier for speaking, so thank you for indulging me. As many of you know, one of my interests is how God guides us uh, through his word and through his spirit. And I wrote several years ago a book called The Spirit Said Go, Lessons and Guidance from Paul's Journeys. Uh, through our, our downtime here, I recently completed an updated uh, version of that book, uh, adding two chapters to it. Uh, lessons that I learned during the period when I was an interim uh, at uh, St. Paul Union Church. And those lessons uh, that have been added uh, have to do with God's guidance through meetings and uh, his guidance through the timing of events. So that book is going to a printer here in Turkey. And uh, once that's available and we can gather once again, uh, copies will be available uh, if you want one. So this issue of guidance continues to fascinate me. And uh, today we're going to look at some familiar texts as we look at this topic about hindrance as a factor in guidance as we look at three examples from the Apostle Paul. The first one we're going to see is a hindrance in Asia. The second one, a hindrance in Thessalonica. And the third one, a hindrance for Paul's visit of Rome. And these are based on the texts that were read uh, a little bit earlier. And as we see in the language there, the thread that's holding these all together is Paul is hindered from completing his ministry by something in each of these texts. So we want to see what lessons we can draw from them for our own walk as believers today as the Holy Spirit guides us. And on our final section, we're going to look at hindrance in our own lives today as we consider how we've been impacted by the coronavirus epidemic. So let's begin with hindrance in Asia. As we read in Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul is on his second journey, uh, having left Antioch now with Silas after his disagreement with uh, Barnabas. Uh, they uh, pick up Timothy and Lystra, and they're on their way westward, most probably to Ephesus. So Antioch has been his cent uh, ministry center now for five or six years, looking to establish a new center in Ephesus. But soon after they enter the province of Asia, somewhere around modern uh, Dinar today, we see in this text that the Holy Spirit hinders them from preaching in the province of Asia. So preaching is the operative word here because they're going to be traveling now uh, for many days in the province of Asia, but they can't preach. They don't have the release to do that. So Paul goes to plan B here now and they turn northward to the province of Bithynia, which is up around the Sea of Marmara, modern cities of Kojele and Iznik up in that area. 
So as they get to the border up there, we're told that the spirit of Jesus now prevents them from going into the province of Athenia. And they now make their way across a, a very difficult route, uh, passing by Kutahia uh, and uh, Gedis and making their way to Balakasir area and ending up in Alexandria Troas up on the northwest coast of the Aegean. And this journey from the Prohibition now to where they finally end is something like 800 kilometers. So it's taken them almost a week to get there, or excuse me, four weeks to get there. So quite a period of time over some very rough terrain where even today there's very few roads. And of course, as they arrive in Alexandria Troas, I'm sure Paul and his colleagues are wondering, Holy Spirit, what do you have ahead for us? Because we had a good plan, but you've changed that plan, and now we are here waiting on you. And of course, you know the story that Paul is sleeping and in a night vision. He has, sees a Macedonian man summoning them to come on over to Macedonia. And realizing now that this is the Lord's direction, they get on a boat, transship over to Neapolis, and begin their preaching in Philippi. So this is how the hindrance functioned here uh, on this second journey. And so Paul has a plan in place to go forward and to uh, plant a center in Ephesus, but he's diverted around now to the Holy Spirit's better plan. And of course, we see now the gospel crossing over from Asia uh, into Europe for the first time as Paul now preaches in what is today northern Greece, and then later on in Athens and in Corinth, planting these important churches there. So the first hindrance we see in Asia is done by the Holy Spirit. Now, on this journey, after preaching in Philippi, they continue on. Of course, they have problems uh, in Philippi. There are uh, some who believe, including the purple seller named Lydia, uh, but they're thrown into jail, they're eventually released and make their way to the provincial capital of Thessalonica. And they have success there preaching, they're in the Jewish synagogue uh, there. But then, uh, as in other cities that Paul uh, has preached in, there's resistance from the Jewish community there. Uh, there's a mob action. Uh, they uh, take this now before the civic officials, uh, the technical Greek word is polytarchs in the city there. And they can't find Paul. He's probably been hidden. But they grab Jason, who is one of the believers, and some others, and they bring him before the uh, civic officials there. And they are charged now with disturbing the peace and proclaiming a different king rather than the Roman emperor. And, of course, it's quite a serious charge. So Jason probably has uh, connections uh, in high places there. And he's able to uh, deal with these charges by paying some sort of a bond or deposit there. And so the Greek text is ta ikonon, and it's translated in some versions as bond, others in bail or security. And so, you know, from our Western judicial system, we have a sense of what that is. Somebody accused of something that's not a serious crime uh, they're allowed to be released until uh, they can go back into the court and face their charges. And so the Roman historian A.N. Sherwin-White uh, observes about Jesus, and I quote him here, that he's giving security for the good behavior of his guest. And of course, that guest is Paul. 
and hence hastens to dispatch Paul and Silas out of the way to Berea, where the jurisdiction of the magistrates of Thessalonica were not valid. And so uh, Paul then is forced to leave the city uh, as a result of this uh, action uh, of posting a, a bail or a bond, uh, some sort of security deposit that Jason has done. Of course, when they get to Berea, there continues to be problems there with the Jewish synagogue. Paul again is forced to go down to the coast and sail for Athens, but he leaves Silas and Timothy behind. And they later rejoin him in Athens, and then they end up in Athens for this extended period of ministry of about a year and a half. So Paul is very concerned about what's happening with the Thessalonian believers in his absence. And so one of the things that Silas and Timothy do is they bring him news of how the church is doing now. You know, they've been persecuted. They've seen the troubles with Paul there. And Paul is concerned that they are holding on to their faith and they are uh, thriving under uh, his own teaching. And so once he gets some news, he pens his first letter to the Thessalonians from Corinth. And as was read earlier in this text, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, hindrance was a factor for Paul's inability to revisit the Thessalonians. And he gives a reason. He says, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. Now, what exactly was this hindrance to which Paul was referring? Now, most interpreters think Paul is referring back to this restraining order that we read about in Acts chapter 16 that had been issued by the Polytarchs that now prevented Paul from returning to Thessalonica. And here, in this occasion, Paul sees Satan as the one who's working behind the scenes to motivate this riot that eventually uh, results in this uh, restraining order against him. Now, Paul does eventually return to Thessalonica, but it's going to be many years later. Uh, on his third journey, uh, almost five years have passed before he's able to see these believers uh, in person once again. Now, because of this hindrance, Paul being unable to revisit Thessalonica, he had to write the uh, church there two letters, which had become part of the New Testament. So it's interesting how God used that hindrance to benefit Christians like us who have been reading now these letters to the Thessalonians for the past 2,000 years, being edified and exhorted by them. So something very positive came out of this hindrance that Satan had put up against Paul in the city. The third hindrance relates to Paul and his visit to Rome. So we're going to fast forward ahead now, these five years, to the third journey. And Paul is again in Corinth again, and now he's uh, conducting this collection for the Jerusalem church. And uh, he's been in Macedonia, he's visited uh, Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea, and now he's down in the province of Achaia. And during a three-month period, he's writing this letter to the Romans from Corinth. And he begins to set the stage for a visit that he wants to make. And in chapter 1, he expresses several reasons why he wants to come. He says he wants to share a spiritual gift that will strengthen them. He says this in chapter 1, verse 11. Secondly, he says he wants to encourage each other's faith in chapter 12. That's theirs and his. 
and number three, to have a spiritual harvest among them as with other Gentile congregations. And this is in verse 13. Yet amidst these noble intentions, Paul confesses a problem. He says, many times I've desired to come to you, but I was hindered until now. Now, the nature of that hindrance is left unaddressed, undeveloped here in chapter 1. And it's not till the end of the book in chapter 15 that Paul returns to this subject. And he states clearly there that it wasn't God, it wasn't Satan that was preventing him from visiting Rome. And he writes in verse 22, This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. And this reason he begins to give in verse 20, two verses previously, as he begins to explain what that hindrance was. He says, Thus I make it my ambition to proclaim the good news, not where Christ has already been named, so that I do not build on someone else's foundation. He describes his travels all the way from Jerusalem to Illyricum, which is modern Albania, in verse 19. And these travels had consumed much of his time and energy uh, up to this point. And these were what was motivating his travels uh, through uh, these uh, areas. And it was his ambition, as he tells us here, to evangelize in these areas where no one had previously gone. Now, Paul uses an interesting Greek verb here, philotemai, uh, which is interesting for it reveals this additional factor for how Paul was guided in his preaching ministry. Now, the translation ambition here in the NIV and other versions should not meant to indicate some sort of a negative fleshly sense related to self-promotion or self-interests, but it relates to Paul's goal of enlarging the kingdom. And he uses this Greek word in two other texts. First Thessalonians 4.11. There he urges believers to make it their ambition to lead a quiet life. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.8, he says the ambition of all believers should be to please Christ. Now, if you read these in other translations, some of them will use the word goal instead of ambition here. So whether ambition or goal, we see that Paul's hindrance in coming to Rome was not spiritual, not political, but rather stemmed from his own personal priorities related to his ministry goals. He delayed traveling to places with established Christian works like Rome, but instead opted to visit cities and regions where the gospel had not been preached. So the hindrance here was the reason for his delay in coming to Rome. A church already existed in the imperial city. So just to summarize these three hindrances we've looked at up to this point. Number one, the hindrance in Asia. The Holy Spirit was hindering from preaching in one place to get him to a more strategic place. I think we've all learned with the Holy Spirit, timing is so important. It's an important factor also in evangelism. And the Holy Spirit knows the times and seasons when ministry will be most effective. And so Paul is directed to Macedonia. He's eventually going to get to Ephesus, but not for a couple years. And in God's timing, uh, he's released to finally go there on the third journey. 
the second hindrance in Thessalonica. We see sometimes that Satan is the one who's putting up hindrances to impede ministry. There, the civic authorities prevented Paul from remaining in Thessalonica and thus curtailed any personal contact with the believers there. And as we know even today, political and governmental opposition is one vehicle that the enemy can use to hinder the proclamation of the gospel in some parts of the world. And the third hindrance, Paul's hindrance to visiting the Romans, is a bit surprising. For we learn his own ambition here related to the preaching of the gospel. The Holy Spirit, I think, had really put in his heart then this concept of making a priority to preach in unevangelized areas. He wants to plant churches all over the eastern Mediterranean. And so once he has done that, he believes his associates, the church plants there, are then going to be able to go into the neighboring towns and villages surrounding them and have the responsibility of preaching the gospel in those places. And he doesn't have to be everywhere to do that. In first, uh, excuse me, in Romans 15, 23, Paul makes this astonishing statement. He says, and I quote, but now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions. Now he's talking about basically Greece, Albania, the Balkans, eastward all the way to Jerusalem. He says, there is no more place for me to work. I mean, certainly he's not covered every place. But again, he's established a gospel beachhead in each of these Roman provinces up to this point in Syria, uh, Asia, Macedonia, Achaia, Galatia, Illyricum. So now he can think of moving westward. And where's he wanting to go? He's wanting to go to Spain. And he's going to use Rome as that stopping off point to have the Roman church send him on his way to preach the gospel now in the western part of the empire. As I said, we want to take a look at hindrance as a factor today in closing. And we have to acknowledge that Christians around the world are experiencing another type of hindrance never encountered by Paul. And that's been brought about by the coronavirus epidemic. Everything has changed. Travel, education, shopping, entertainment. I mean, you can add uh, more to that list as well. Uh, one of our challenges, we can't buy our coffee uh, at our regular store. So we've been forced to go online. So I've got memberships now on Amazon Turkey and Hepsi Burda and Gitti Gittior and tr tr figuring out their systems and getting in their order patterns. Uh, and uh, I've learned a new Greek word. Kargolamak, okay? And so maybe even in the background here as I'm recording this, you might hear the doorbell ring and we have a cargo Jew bringing us some coffee. So that's a dimension of our own shopping that we're experiencing in our household. As we well know, our schedules have been uh, altered. Just looking at my calendar book, I use this in addition to electronic calendars. And for May, it's all erased. I was supposed to be in Schernock last week. I was supposed to be in uh, the Netherlands in two weeks for a uh, doctoral examination. All of this is either canceled or online. And so it's unprecedented for my calendar to have nothing ahead of me until possibly in September. And so we know around the world, like in Turkey, governments are 
implementing lockdown measures to impede the transmission of the virus and therefore to minimize hospitalization and loss of life. Now, when we learned that Darenex could no longer hold meetings, uh, gosh, it's almost a month ago now, SBUC began doing online church and then using Zoom for our prayer meetings and Bible studies. And I personally really want to uh, thank Robin. We, as a congregation, owe him a debt of gratitude for all the time and effort, uh, many, many hours that he's devoted to figuring out these platforms and making them work for our congregation. And so, Robin, uh, just a uh, thanks so much, brother, for all you do uh, in our behalf. And it's a unique experience as we use this digital uh, technology. We're willing that the Holy Spirit can work in other ways beyond just our typical gatherings that we used to do each week at the St. Paul Center. Through our chats, uh, through our texts, through our calls, through our Zoom meetings, the Holy Spirit is continuing to work in our community and bringing us together in new and fresh and interesting ways as we support one another. Uh, of course, an example of that is all the birthdays that we've been sharing uh, this past week as everybody through the SPUC uh, WhatsApp group has been congratulating and, and wishing birthday greetings uh, to one another uh, in really in an unprecedented way. So uh, just a great opportunity to do that. And I'd also like to mention two persons in our congregation that have really had to deal with hindrance as a factor in their own guidance in recent weeks. And on their marriage website, Sean and Megan tell a quite involved tale of how hindrance due to COVID-19 has altered their marriage plans after their engagement in March. And they're going to tell their own story here, and I'm going to share that with you in case you didn't read it on the website. They write, an international travel opening before the fall was probably too much to hope for ruling out the possibility of a summer wedding that any of our family or friends outside of Turkey would be able to attend. We've also run up against barrier after barrier in our attempts to complete the necessary paperwork for expats marrying in Turkey. The U.S. Embassy is closed, the Turkish marriage bureaus have closed, and Megan's birth certificate is stuck somewhere in the postal system, which is also closed. Not knowing how long those closures would last or if the situation would continue to worsen, we began to investigate alternatives. We found a U.S. government office that is still issuing marriage licenses and performing civil marriages over web conference calls. Initially, we found two states doing this, but even during the time we were conducting our research, one of those states closed its courts and government offices and ceased to be an option. At this point, we have run into so many dead ends trying to plan for the future as the situation here and in Turkey and in the world has continued to change drastically from day to day. We decided to seize upon this option before it was lost to us. So on April 10th, Megan Joy McLaughlin and Sean Patrick Lunsford were married online in a $35 civil ceremony with Wayne and Valerie as witnesses. You can see this online if you go to their website. Then on Friday, we were able to participate in their online exchange of vows in a Christian ceremony. And what a wonderful occasion that was. And we want to congratulate Sean and Megan Lunsford 
as they were guided past hindrance after hindrance to accomplish God's will that they be married. We have an expression in English that sums up, I think, our God-given ability to adapt. Necessity is the mother of invention. Now the Apostle Paul might say it this way in Romans 8, 28, and we know that God works thing, all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. As we close this morning, we can surely acknowledge that God will guide us through the waters of this uncharted hindrance that we're all experiencing now, for how long we do not know. But as we follow his voice, listen to the voice of the Spirit, we're going to emerge, I think, with new and fresh dimensions of his grace and strength and endurance. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for scripture that gives us these examples of Paul experiencing hindrance in his ministry. Lord, help us to understand, Lord, how these things can work in guidance in our own lives. And Lord, for this final dimension of hindrance that we're experiencing today, we thank you that doors are still open, Lord, that you will open doors as we seek them for the needs in our life, despite the coronavirus situation that has really uh, put the world on hold in many ways. We thank you for the ability to do this uh, through St. Paul Union Church online. And we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of Megan and Sean and how you led them through this maze of hindrances to accomplish their goal, which is to be married. Go with us this week, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.